uh, as individuals, as families, as church, uh, as a nation. There is much to be thankful for. That we're here alive. <laughs> I, I thank the Lord every day for a new day. One of my favorite texts is in uh, Psalm 118. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. It's a great day to re remember that the Lord is the one who gives us this day. And each day we can give thanks to Him. We might not like the circumstances, but we know that He's the one that provides the day. Thankful for family, the time we were able to share together over Christmas. I'm thankful for this church and for Pastor Carlos, his wife, and for, the, for those faithfully who serve here at the church and uh, who help us gather every Sunday. Thankful for our country and for the privileges we share. I'm also concerned for those uh, who are not able to enjoy privileges, these privileges. Those who are experiencing sorrow and pain. Those who have lost loved ones. Those who have lost jobs. And those who have no family and are lonely and no one to care for them. As Christians, uh, we not only celebrate the coming of Christ, the death, his, his life, his death, his resurrection, but we also celebrate that he's coming again. The of course, of his return is not set, but we should live daily, that this might be the last day for us, but the day when he appears in all its glory. And this was a concern of the disciples prior to uh, going, Christ going to the cross. And they sat down with him and they talked with him about it. They said, what are, some, what are some of the signs of the end times? And there's a whole list of them. People are going to be led astray and uh, there will be false teachers and whatnot. But there's one characteristic that has sort of stuck out to me. And this is it. The love of many will grow cold. The love of many will grow cold. Now, I've been a Christian for quite a few decades. And I've known a lot of Christian activity, churches, etc. All over. And my great burden is for the many who once came to church, who served in the church, and who, now they might have moved away, or they might have gone to heaven, and I'm saying the ones who at one time believed and are still living are not have any part in the church. Now I know it's not the best place to solve all your problems. Churches have a dark side. In fact, I've worked with pastors who have had difficulties. But I'm talking about churches that, that are empty today that were once full. our hearts to grow cold and become indifferent. Well, I heard that. I know that. There's a little scripture in Corinthians that says this. Knowledge, do you know the rest of it? Pops up. But love edifies. But what's the difference there? Just having more knowledge won't give us, won't change us. But the Holy Spirit, through the through working in us, taking the truth, will change us. And that's the glory of the gospel. So, so uh, as I think about our hearts growing cold, I have that problem. You say, well, you're a minister. You, you got it made. Well, to whom much is given, much is required. And I've, been, I've, I've had that privilege. 
and I don't want to neglect the opportunity that what as a result of that. But I share that with you because growing cold and uh, we're living a culture that basically is feeling oriented. You know, I don't feel like doing that today. Now you can come up with great excuses. One of the things I like to do is get away from excuses and blame shift. My problem is my wife or my mo my mother-in-law or something else. No. And so our hearts grow cold and we gotta deal with who we are today. And our heart's condition is, even though we might believe in Christ and have a new birth, my friends, our hearts, we have we have a fall, we have a fallen nature, and we have a mind that's prone to, to wander. And so when God calls us back. And one of the men who uh, God has used <laughs> to bring us back is the Apostle John. If you know anything about him, he's called the Apostle um, of Love. And um, I, uh, I've been studying this past year a little booklet called uh, Community of the Saints. It's after the Apostles' Creed, talk about God the Father, God the Son, and then the Holy Spirit. And we believe one Catholic church, that's a universal church, all the believers. You know the next phrase? I believe in the communion of the saints. I don't know if you ever thought of that. What does it really mean to be in communion of saints? With these people? <laughs> the Lord puts us in with other believers? It would be interesting if we could just make them all like ourselves. That would be an interesting group. I, I challenged our grandson and he said, boy, I, he gets mad at his siblings. And I said, how about, that we're all, how about we're all like you? He smiles and doesn't say anything. But that's in the body. The body, God doesn't say only a certain educated person or a certain background can be saved. He, he saves a person that he wants to be in his kingdom. And they were either in Christ or we're not in Christ. There's no end. And so all the communion saints and uh, my wife and I have had the privilege of serving elsewhere uh, in the land of Japan. And uh, we got to know them together. And we got to share the, 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 uh, the gospel with them. And we shared the bond that, that God gives us together in Christ. So the, the power of the gospel is able to transform lives, but it is also to continue to renew us. And so John, uh, so I, I chose this title this morning. Uh, realizing that Pastor Carlos has gone through the first Corinthians, I mean first John, and you all are, have some background here. But uh, we want to focus in on a couple verses over in, in first John 4, 7 to 12. First John 4, 7 to 12. Now, I have a wonderful wife, and she cautions me. When she holds her watch up like this and it doesn't it doesn't uh, phase me. Then she wants to know what happened to the watch. <laughs> now, I, uh, my wife is very uh, helpful and has helped me as I have gone through this. But I want to remind you today, as we look at these couple verses, that the main thing that God's interested in when He calls us, He wants us to love one another. Now, I know that's the byproduct of our love for Him. Love God with all heart, soul, mind, strength. But He also wants us to love one another. And you know what? That's hard. We can't pump that up. Holy Spirit's got to give us that. So we'll look at that from 1 John 4, 7 to 12. Let us read that from the scripture this morning. This is reading from the ESV. Beloved, let us love one another, 
For love comes from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested among us. That God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's a big word, but basically, He's, he's provided forgiveness and a covering so that the wrath of God doesn't fall on us. So we're made acceptable to God. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Let's come back to that same phrase again. No one has seen God, has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. Now you see this, this text falls into three little points. Uh, first couple verses, he talks about that the love comes from God. Now, why is that true? Well, because the Bible tells us it's true. We would never know it any other way. That the love comes from God because He, God is love. It tells us there in the, in the eighth verse. Well, I love this uh, truth because the results of the love of God in our hearts is for what? Born again, spring to new birth. And secondly, we know God. Brings us into the family. That's a beautiful reminder. But our job, many times people say, well, I can just speak to that person. They'll be converted. Not so. God's the one that uses, works through His Word, through His church, to bring people to Himself. But the outward call is our job. Preaching, teaching, sharing. The inward work is the Holy Spirit's work. And when the Holy Spirit works and begins to illuminate our thinking and change our hearts, Bible talks about a stony heart being replaced with a, with a heart of flesh. What's that mean? Well, stony hearts don't can't respond. But a flesh can. And when we start responding to God, we start looking around and saying, well, this is creation. That's His work. And also that He is the one who loves me and uh, has expressed here in this section. But I love it not only being new birth, but uh, to, know, to know God. There's a book years ago it was written by J.I. Packer called Knowing God. And it's, it's a journey through. Uh, it's probably maybe 40 years old. What do you think, Evo? Something like that. Excellent book. But you know what? Even J.I. Packer, as he writes, he said, you know, I'm only on the surface here. I don't really know, but I'm telling you what the things we know when he's revealed about himself. That he's the God of creation. He's the God of redemption. And he, and he unfolds that. And it's a beautiful reminder that our passion should be to know God. As uh, Paul says in Philippians, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering. See, that's the passion that the Holy Spirit moves in our hearts, that we might know Him and enjoy Him. You know, if he's either going to be a God of judgment or He's going to be our Father because He's the one that brings us into this family. So we thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit, but those are the fruits, the working of the Holy Spirit in changing our hearts and bringing us into the family. Um, Paul writes in Galatians, 
When the fullness of time has come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that we might redeem, that we might receive adoption uh, as sons or daughters. And because we are sons and daughters, He has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We are no longer a slave, but a son and daughter, and if a son and daughter, you're heir through Christ. Let me just say, there's two phrases in there that you ought to make sure to hear. One is, he sent forth his son. That's Christmas. And then he said, what Jesus did made it possible for him to provide salvation for us. And he sent forth the spirit of his son, where? In our hearts. So the spirit of Christ has worked in our hearts when we're born again and when we begin to know God. And John goes on to say here in verse 8, Whoever, anyone who does not love, does not know God. Because God is love. For the essence of God, He's love. But it's, I don't think we need to go around and, and point fingers to someone else and say, I don't think you know God. That's not our God. I think this is an examination of our own hearts. Do I really know God? Do I really love? Do I show any signs of loving others? Beside myself? You know, from the fall on, our basic problem is we love ourselves too much. And uh, how can God bring us out of that? Well, He's got to begin by changing our hearts. So the first point is that love comes from God. <coughs> Secondly, God manifested His love uh, among us in verses 9 and 10. In this, the love of God was manifest among us. God made it known. God didn't just keep it uh, away. He came into our world. Historic, historic, a historical person. As Phil uh, Riley says, killing Jesus, he calls it a historical account. And that's what it is. But it's more than a historical account. He, God, was manifested in Christ, the birth of Christ. And he was willing to humble himself and, became a, and to become a babe. That's that's Philippians says that is a mighty uh, step down for Christ because he was he was God. He's willing to be, be identified with us. That's the incarnation, beautiful reminder that Christ coming into the world and his pur purpose was what that we might live through him. We might have life, and that's why when I say churches, there are people that once believe. That the life is there. The Holy Spirit has to reactivate or revive it. That's my prayer. Ezekiel speaks about the dry bones in the valley. And the Lord speaks to those dry bones. And they, they come alive. Well, that's what we need to see today in America. And really throughout the world. In every countries where Christians at once, one time were committed. And today have little or no interest. But that God the Spirit would move uh, in their hearts. He explains in verse 10 that uh, not that we love God, but that He loved us. A great reminder that it, it, the work of God always begins with Him, originates with Him. Not only does He love us, but the manifestation of His Son, God organized it. And He, he said, I'm going to send the Son. So among the Trinity, the saying goes that among the Trinity there's perfect unity, but there's diversity. 
They all have their different responsibilities. The Father does the work of the Father. The Son, the work of the Son. And the work of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit. But they work together. And that's why I love about the church, because it's the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit that brings the church into being. Even though we worship Christ, all glory's got to go to the Father. So when Christ came, His main job uh, was to, to bring the people, to pay the penalty that we might have life in Christ, in, in God. That our life might be bound in not only forgiveness, but that we would know God, and that we would enjoy God. So the work of God, His love is manifested through the person of Christ. And uh, all, all Scripture bears witness to that. You know, one other thought regarding that is that even if, as Jesus was here, He realized His main job was to do the work of the Father, to do the will of the Father. All through the Gospels, you'll see that, and particularly the Gospel of John. And the third reason we should love one another is because God, who has not been seen, becomes visible in our midst. Now, that is a... a, tells, a, tells, a John tells us in verse uh, 9, uh, 10, excuse me, in verse 11, he said, uh, we love... Uh, uh, we, if God so loved us, they're showing why Christ died, he made it possible we could be forgiven. But he also went on to say, but every... For, um, we ought to love one, one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love God, if, if no one has seen God, if we love one another, uh, God abides in us and his, his love is perfected. Now, what does it mean for God to abide in us? I think it means His presence is known in our midst. Now, sometimes, many times, we can't see that. That uh, uh, He's here. And uh, if, you, if you've been blessed or something happens, you say, you know, that's interesting. Uh, God blessed me. Well, how did you Not physically, but through, the, through, his, through His people. And uh, as Christians, uh, as Christians seek to love one another, the, the work of the Holy Spirit is very present, and uh, not only here but wherever, wherever the gospel goes. Now, the other uh, element here is that uh, God's love is perfected or completed. Now, this uh, means that what God purposed was going to be accomplished through His church. The love, his love would be flow through the church to the world. And uh, that's a beautiful reminder. And I'm just going to give you some illustrations that I can think of. One, uh, Paul writes in Galatians, he said, I'll just mention the text first of all. Uh, Galatians 6.10, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to, all, to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So we're to, we're to be blessing to our community. Now, I walk a lot, and uh, over the years, I've gotten to know some of my neighbors. And uh, I don't knock on their doors unless they ask for it. But um, it's interesting, not many people will tell you too much about themselves just on a casual, hi, how you doing? I found out in our area, there, we have a lot of people from NATO. We have, we have people from England, we have people from uh, Egypt, from uh, Turkey, we have people from Italy, right in our neighborhood. And uh, I would, I'm, not, I'm not gifted in those languages, but uh, we can be friendly to them and be a blessing to them. But the, when the Lord opens the door, then there's a different situation. Just give you one illustration. This is about six months ago. A gentleman 
um, who um, has some health issues, uh, befriended me and we got, we got talking. And uh, I found out he's a pastor. But he can't pastor now because he has cancer. But he's very, very ill. Another great opportunity to him and, and to pray with him and encourage him. Now, that might not go down in history books. But I think what, what Paul's saying here, we need to look for opportunities where God has put us so that we can be a blessing to someone else. And, by the way, you might never know who you've blessed. Uh, I have some stories. My wife doesn't want me to tell those stories. But I, several years ago, I was going back over my life 60 years ago where someone blessed me and they didn't even know and um, I was able to later, later make contact with him, and then we met, and I shared that with him. I probably told that story here. If, you, if you've heard it at least once, raise your finger twice. My wife and I have a story. If we tell too many stories, she said, now look, you've at least given that ten t- five times, so you better erase um, that one, delete that one. But you know, the, the reaching out, I find it very difficult to reach out. I've talked to Carlos, I said, Carlos, how do you engage people? People don't want to be engaged. People are busy. So it's very hard. But I'll tell you one thing opens the door. I never heard I've seen that open, but I don't push in. And I've had great opportunities that way. Just being sensitive. But I need to pray. And then Greg's brother and stepbrother start struggling out. So we can bear one another's burdens that way. But we need to learn, and God makes us sensitive in that. And we can't carry everyone's burdens. What I do is cast them on the Lord and say, Lord, you teach me how to pray for them. Now, the, the other uh, is the Good Samaritan. You know that story in Luke uh, 10. Uh, Luke, uh, Jesus was approached to try to find some, some loophole so that they could put him on the cross. So they sent a lawyer out to, uh, to trick him. And he said, well, what's the great commandment? And of course, he, uh, Jesus said, ask him. And he said, yeah, you love God with all your heart. You love your neighbor and yourself. Great, um, great summary of the commandments. He said, uh, well, who's my neighbor? And uh, he, he wanted to know who his neighbor was. He knew who your neighbor is. Anyone you see. Anyone you meet. Anyone who, who the door's open. I mean to say, as a Christian, we need to be careful of abuse on one side and neglect on the other. We just need to be sensitive to where that person is. But, uh, of course, the story of the Good Samaritan is a great one because it reminds us that the religious people, two of them came along and said, you know what? I don't see him. Right on past. I was kidding my wife this morning. We were in Japan. We were studying in the Japanese language. And really, the two religious people said, they don't even see him. They just closed their eyes. Here he's, here he's beaten up inside of them. And who comes along? But a nobody. A Samaritan. And what does he do? He because of and shows compassion. And it came along for the month. Let me tell you, there were not many words spoken. But the act of God through that Samaritan showed who, my, who his neighbor was. But he didn't understand. He said, well, he said, did you get the message? He said, yeah. Jesus said, go and do likewise. It's not the doing that's what the Lord said. It's the outworking of the Holy Spirit in the life. 
And that's the story of the Good Samaritan. And it's a beautiful reminder. Now, I know when the news is filled, uh, the dump I to see it. Uh, back and forth. And uh, I don't know if you heard the testimony of Phil Robertson. It's on YouTube and you, you, YouTube. And you can get it. So they sat him down and they talked with him and his wife. And the amazing thing is he's from Louisiana, West, West Monroe. And he said, we marry young. I think he married his wife when they were 16. And uh, he said, I live for myself. I live a great wildlife. I uh, have all, all the things that are from the result of life that's not, that doesn't know God. And he had a preacher come along and he said, I don't want anything to do with you. And so things got from bad to worse. And his wife said, why don't, you, why don't you get a hold of that preacher? So he did. And the beautiful thing about that story is they don't mention the preacher. They don't mention all the details. He sat him down. He was so hungry to eat her that he asked Christ to come into his life. He said, I just don't want Christ to be my Savior. I want him to be my Lord. And he committed his heart to the Lord. But guess what? He wasn't finished. God wasn't finished with him yet. So guess what happened next? Uh, he's reading the Bible. And he read, he's reading the Romans. It's the 12th chapter. And uh, this is what he read. Repaying no evil for evil. But give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, as far as depends on, on you, live peaceably with all. So, well, Lord, I don't like that verse. I have a fishing business, and the fishing business, I trap these fish in these nets, and the river rats, which he calls the people, comes along and steals them. They come along and steal my, my fish. So my business is gone.
see many of them because we're too taken up with ourselves. And we don't hear it. We just can take, let me take so much. I say to people with shoulders, I say, it's all the bigger you can take with shoulders. But God wants each of us to do what He wants us to do. And He'll give us the grace and He'll give us the love and He'll give us the patience so we can be a blessing to, to others. So, but God not only abides in us. So, this is the work of the Holy Spirit, both here and abroad. The work of the Holy Spirit is to teach us that God is present. And also, His love is being perfected in and through us so that we can bless Him and encourage Him. We are privileged. If you're in Christ this morning, it's a great privilege. Without the Lord, I just encourage you to cry out for me. Lord, help me to know you and to know the joy of salvation in Christ. But all of us need to remind ourselves it's so easy that our hearts become cold to the Word of God, to Christ. And the Lord's got to renew that. And that's why the Lord puts us in, in the body. Uh, one of my um, Wonderful memories is, is through the years, um, God has used the body of Christ to minister to me when I was down. And someone came along and encouraged me. That's what we're doing to one another. Why? Because the only difference between a pastor and a layperson is their vocation. Well, all of us have different vocations. But we're all we all in need of encouragement. And uh, you would say, well, you should, you're not there on a pedestal and you want to have a direct line. I said, no, I don't have a direct line. I'm just like you are. Daily look at the Lord and help me. Provide for me. So we need to ask the Lord to help us to not only love Him. That will be our prayer. Lord, teach us how to love. Teach us how to love one another. Because I know love comes from you. I know you've manifested that love in Christ and His great work at the cross. And thirdly, God, His presence is among us. I'll tell you one story from Japan. Uh, my language teacher and I had the same had the same birthday, and uh, we had two years of language. Probably could use a couple more, but and then they sent us down the coast, and she would come visit us twice a year. And uh, she came to our little church, maybe ten or fifteen people up for and she said, after she was there several times, she said, you know what? I sense the presence of God in your midst. And who brought that about? Was it because of this foreigner? No, it was because God was present. And see, my friends, that's what this church is all about. That it's the presence of God through His Word, through the, through the interest to the fellowship we share together. See, we're united in Christ. Not whether our nationality or whether we're what our background, it's in Him. And He brings about the transformation and the change. Let's pray. Lord, help us to love you. Help us to love one another. Help us to know what it means that you love us. And Lord, as we prepare for the communion table, prepare us for that. We pray in Christ.